0: Hello and welcome to the Jerick Show. I am Javad Malik, and I am indifferent to the fact that someone might have made it back from uh, Black Hat and DefCon alive.
1: Welcome to the Jerick Show, featuring your hosts Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics, poorly presented. You know you're glad I'm back. You missed me. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. It's good to be home. You know, that's, uh, I don't know, been been home for a long time. And, uh, you know, the first time out was a very long one. That that, uh, that was a long trip. And uh, it is nice to be back in Florida, where now my biggest issue is the fact that we may have tropical
0: storms this weekend. I mean, huh. Wow. Well. So uh, how was, so so we got two days of you at Black Hat, and then it was a weekend, and you sent me some videos, and it was a weekend, so I wasn't working, because I, I have a life outside of work, or at yeah, least after I, really, I, I, I portrayed that. <laughs> that yeah, I was really I,
1: glad that, that that third time I stayed up so late to get that recorded, and then uploaded for you to do something with, and then you were like, yeah, no, that's okay. Appreciate <laughs> that. So how was DEF CON? You know, um, so it was a really interesting deal. And if you've ever been to these before, you know it's just pandemonium there usually. Um, Black Hat and DEF CON is just crazy busy. Except this year. This year was really different. Now, the Black Hat part, you know, if you see our recaps, I, I did some recaps and I talked about it a lot. It was eerily quiet, and low traffic. Um, they were estimating maybe 5,000 people. And that was the people that were trying to sell like folks on, on exhibiting there. But there were a lot of groups that, that, pulled out last minute. Um, even the conference hall, like I said, it was so weird. They didn't have carpet down. And I know I kind of harp on that, but that is, it, it was such a stark difference. And one of those just very cold feeling things, um, when it came to black hat now, um, You know, we we worked for No Before and our booth was constantly busy. Now, it was a 10 foot by 10 foot booth with like five people in it, which means that it was so packed. Yeah, it was was crazy. They're actually having to send people out on occasion just because there were too many bodies in that. Right. And we did a small booth because we didn't know what to expect, basically. Um, But what was cool about it is there was actually times where you could find a place to sit and start chatting with people. You know, um, met up with uh, Matt Stevenson, uh, someone whom you know uh, pretty well. Uh, he showed up because I, I had my camera gear and I was sitting on a, at a table back there, and, and he showed up, dropped his gear down, and started unpacking his his stuff a little bit, and uh, we started chatting. And he said, "I knew since you had gear, you know, we, we'd get chatting." And now it looks like we're gonna, you know, have a little uh, coordination with him. But that's the kind of stuff that's really hard to do when there's three hundred other people surrounding you at the time and so there were some definite
0: pros to that i mean you know how black hat is what do you think yeah no it sounds uh sounds good that it was a bit smaller it's not as crazy because what happens is a lot of times especially defcon defcon probably more so than black hat is it's busy because you can't get into the uh the thing so you're it's all hallway con and even in hallway con, what what happens is that you you end up just rushing and having really insignificant face to face encounters with two hundred people. So it's like, hey, how are you doing? I follow you. We follow each other on Twitter. Great stuff. Loved your talk. I, I read your blog. It, it, I, I listen to your podcast. All that kind of stuff, which is which is all great. It's it's very good in in, in a way, but you you kind of lack that. Um, quality it's kind of like the Jerry Maguire effect fewer clients better relationships so I, I do like the fact that you know you can sit down and um, have more meaningful interactions with people because that's really how you get to know people that's that's how you you know if you if you can spend you know 15 minutes half an hour having a coffee and chatting to someone or having dinner or lunch that that's where you really get to understand what the person's all about you know what, what they do what they don't don't do, what they know, who they know, all that kind of stuff. And this is like one of the arts of, of networking, which, uh, which we will cover in more detail in our uh, upcoming book.
1: Yes, yes, we
0: will. <laughs> um, and, and you know, he just dropped the bomb
1: there, folks. There will be an upcoming book. If you want to know when that book comes out, be sure to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. We will make sure that we get you the info. It will be broadcast here when it happens. That's right. Um, but yeah, you know, you're right, and, and being able to spend a few minutes with somebody chatting, um, as opposed to those quick kind of drive-by things, um, it, it it lets you get past the formalities and and get down to now we're just people. Now, DEFCON, uh, you're right; it's usually hallway con. It's crazy, and if you've ever been to the Sky Talks, um, it's basically these uh, at least right you know over at uh, at Mandalay, not Mandalay at. Uh, Um, Paris and, uh, what is that, Harris? I think. Um, Anyways, you go down the hall, and there's the Sky Talks that were way up on the top of the building. You got to take an elevator up there to, like, the 26th floor. And there was, like, an hour-long wait to get up there. They are the non-recorded talks. Um, And I actually walked in just to do it. I walked in, walked right up to the elevator, hit the button, got in, and went up. It was crazy. And and if you know what I'm talking about, if you've been there, that was just kind of crazy. And they didn't really have talks like they did I did sit in on a uh, on an interesting panel about the the IoT stuff and some regulations that you over there in the UK are coming out with uh, related to IoT stuff, and so there was a roundtable on that that we got to participate in and some of that stuff. But then back down in the main area, it was a whole lot easier to get around. Um, the The body mass was much much lower. They were absolutely militant on people having um, these wristbands that you had to have. Um, when you signed up, you had to prove that you have been vaccinated. And they were all over that. The goons were all over that, the security folks. Um, and, you know, I, I met some really cool people because we had a chance to chat. So ended up talking to the, uh, to a guy named uh, Josiah, who just, uh, he's just getting into the field. You know, he's just doing his thing, getting started, uh, sent himself to DEF CON to see what it was all about, and uh, ended up, just kind of meeting him and seeing some old friends, uh, Mandy, Survival Tricks, and, and and a lot of those people out there. It was just really cool to be able to do that. And we ended up going from uh, from there meeting him. And as a group, a few of us went over and we got a table in about 15, 20 minutes at a burger place and sat around and talked. So it was fantastic from that standpoint. Now, um, it'll be interesting to see how much of a super spreader event that is. And uh, I, n- <laughs> I know you're... <laughs> I know you're going to say I told you so, but I am going in for a COVID test this afternoon. <laughs> um, I've been under the weather since I've been back, and, oh, and that's yeah. okay. I mean, there's, there's concred anyways. But yeah. being on the road next week, I want to make sure that I'm not going to go out there and be a germ sprinkler. You know, if I do have it, um, and I'm, I'm just feeling a little bit under the weather because I have been vaccinated, I have already had it. I just don't want to spread it. So, yeah. yeah. We'll really look forward to that. that folks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and I know you're saying I told you so because yeah, you told yeah. me so. Yeah, I did, <laughs> but but you're right. I think it, there, there's obviously conflu or con as you said. That that's definitely a thing. I think that just happens every year in Vegas, and yeah. then there's there's the um, I think there's also a bit of a shock to the system where it's been over a year and it's like the first time you're at an <laughs> airport, you're at you're flying, you're traveling. Honestly, even now when I go out for drives, I'm just not used to it. I, I if, if I go for a drive and it's like over an hour, I get like my back gets tired. I get tired. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. How did I used to do this? And, and I think about traveling like to the States now, and I'm thinking, am I mentally prepared for a 10, 11-hour flight? And I'm like, nope, I, I cannot do that.
1: <laughs> you know, that flight just from Tampa out to, I ended up going Tampa to LAX and then Vegas. That flight to LAX was brutal. Um, you know, and now, now my back was hurting from the car accident. So I ended up taking a flexor all, which made it a whole lot easier just to like mm-hmm. sleep through a bunch of it. But those flights were brutal, man. Those were long, long hours. And we're used to, you know, when we traveled a lot, you hop on a plane, it's just second nature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so much has changed. A- and I think it's interesting here in the States and I don't know about in the UK, I do know in Australia, this isn't the way, cause we talked to JJ about this. Um, but these planes are absolutely packed. I was not on a single flight that had a single seat available and every single one was offering like, um, gift cards. If you would give up your flight for someone else, I mean, it was (laughs) insane how, how packed these flights were. Um, I know JJ was saying over in Australia, one of our colleagues, she was saying that, uh, they're still running with the middle seats empty. And in the flights, you can book the day before, or a couple days before, no problem here. That's just not an option anymore.
0: How's it in the UK? I don't know. I've not been on any flights. <laughs> I I do know for a while they, they were um, skipping a seat um, if you weren't family or something. I, I really don't know. I haven't looked into I've got no intention of flying anytime soon. So uh, I'll cross, cross that bridge when I get to it. <laughs> So I don't know if it's, if it's the media or if
1: it's actually happening, but I'm seeing more and more stories about incidents happening on airplanes. Like this is, this happens on occasion, you know, somebody does something stupid, but we've had some really drunk people and, uh, you know, no offense to like Spirit and Frontier Airlines, but y'all are like hoarding all of these lunatics, right? It's (laughs) it's kind of the low end budget uh, ones. But we had the one guy that was incredibly drunk. They had to uh, uh, duct tape to his seat. And he was yelling about how his parents were worth all these million dollars. And he's flying an ultra-budget airline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there there was a flight diverted uh, from Hawaii to L.A., I believe, two days ago, something like that. Um, I believe one of the kids on there was autistic, started having some issues. I don't know. I don't know the whole deals. Um, the, the reports say that the 13 year old was trying to kick out the window while they were in the air. And I do believe they were in a in an exit row seat. So th- that's wow. even possible when you're screwing around with an exit row door. Right. So they ended up having to divert, go back to Hawaii um, because this kid just lost it midair. And I mean, we, we keep seeing these over and over again. And I've seen drunk people on planes. I've had them sitting next to me. I think I've showed you the picture before. The guy coming out of Vegas, both hands all the way down his pants, and his polo shirt pulled over his head. Um, this is who I flew next to for a while. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, you know. But it, I don't know. Are you seeing the same sort of thing over there? Uh,
0: no, not 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 really. See, again, I think the the difference is that we don't really have that many domestic flights. We can yeah. pretty much drive from one end of to the country in the same time it gets you to get from one state to another. True. So, as, as the saying goes, in in the in the UK, uh, 100 miles is a long way. And in the US, 100 years is a long time ago. So <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I, I talked to a lady once. Um, I was in DC, um, just kind of cruising around. I, and I ran across this uh, British gal and we were chatting. And she said she'd been out in Arizona. And now she was in DC and she said, you know, I looked at the map and I I said, Oh, well, I'm gonna go take a quick drive over here and and check this place out. She said, My my mind was in like the UK map size mindset. And she's like, I'm three hours into driving and I'm like halfway there. And she's like, In the UK, you'd be in whole other countries, like several countries away in three hours of driving.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It is it's a different world, yeah. Uh, so I think that that's that's what makes the the big difference. Uh, but um, but anyway, shall we move on to the stories? Enough enough uh, yapping. Yeah, or, let let's continue yapping, but about stories. Enough of enough of you, jib jabber fool. <laughs> uh, so what do we have here? Uh, <laughs> this is a story that keeps on giving. So I I read this story uh, earlier in the week. And at that time, there was this cryptocurrency exchange that um, connects different exchanges together or or something like that. And they had around $600 million stolen. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: Let's put it in perspective, folks. That's over half a billion dollars in cryptocurrency yep. stolen. That's a that's a
0: lot, a lot that, of money. That is a lot. And, and, then, <laughs> and then they went on Twitter. So this is their incident response plan, I'm assuming. And uh, I think that more companies, if you don't have this as part of your plan, put it in there because clearly it works. They went on Twitter and said, please, whoever you are, <laughs> can you give us our money back? And I laughed at that when I saw it, but I'm not laughing now because apparently, (laughs) out of the six hundred (laughs) million, nearly half, two hundred sixty million of that has been returned. That's
1: still a quarter billion dollars. (laughs) Yeah, that that I don't know if that qualifies as the most valuable tweet ever put out there (laughs) as far as revenue generation. I'm not sure where that stands on things, but. Holy crap. They were like, yeah, here's $260 million back, right? And they're saying they're going to return more. This story is so full of are you kidding me? I just don't, know, don't even know where to start with this one when I started reading it. It's crazy.
0: No, no. There, there were some some exchanges. They said that they will try. So they said because they tracked where the money went to. It went to three different wallets, I think. And some of the exchanges said, "Okay, we'll try to keep an eye on it. They don't really have a mechanism for blacklisting or blocking certain wallets, but they said we'll keep an eye on it. So maybe this was the money that went into one of the wallets and maybe it was in a jurisdiction or under the control of parties that were like, "Eh, we don't want this heat. So so they might have returned it. I I don't know. So what's interesting is, you know, when you read the story, they said that
1: the the attacker said that it, the idea wasn't necessarily ever to steal money, but to kind of prove a point, um, which sounds really wonderful. But, you know, when I got half a billion dollars in the bank, I've proven my point and I'm buying a small island in the Caribbean. <laughs> <You> know, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm living the rest of my life, right? I mean, you don't just go, oh, it'll be nice. So there has to be something behind it. And as far as the money goes, there's enough Bitcoin mixers out there and, you know, cryptocurrency mixers out there that, frankly, unless I mean, uh, you know, unless it's a really obscure type of cryptocurrency that they took, it's really easy to, to mix that stuff up. And if you don't know what a Bitcoin mixer is, basically, it's a service that for a fee, you basically throw a bunch of Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrency into this bucket of money and then it gets distributed to you out of the other side. So it basically launders the money mm-hmm. for a fee. And it's not like you dump a bunch of money in there and immediately a transaction comes out the other end where they go, oh, half a billion in here and four hundred ninety million out here. No, it, it does it slowly over time. you can you know, you can break this up so there's no telling where it's coming from and it makes it so much harder to trace. I mean this is this is not hard to hide this kind of money. And this is why the criminals love to use it so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it just blows my mind that they would basically give $260 million back and say that
0: they're planning on giving back more. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. This is the equivalent of like, it's just a prank, bro. It's <laughs> these YouTubers that go out there, they do some questionable stuff and they say, it's just a prank. It's a social experiment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's security research. Yes, yes, that's, <laughs> right. the, that's the other one. I'm a researcher, not hacker.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man,
0: so well there it is. Wow, what there it is. So so we will we will keep our eye on this story and we will let you know if more money is returned or not, or or if the founders that are then found to be complicit in this, because that's happened a number of times where founders have run off with, with the money and what have you. And it's it's just and you think about how sophisticated the criminals are in laundering traditional money through traditional banking systems. I mean, this is just a piece of cake for them.
1: Yeah, it is nothing.
0: OK, so the NCSE last year put in place a... Uh, well, they they or last year or the year before, I I lose track of time with it. since the the COVID and the lockdown. It's yeah. just I don't know whether something was one year ago or three years ago. It's it's a bit like the TVA. Time moves a bit differently down here now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. um, NCSC, they're the UK's um, uh, National Cyber Security Centre. Um, they 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 look after all, all things cyber uh, from from the government. And last year or the year before, they. Uh, introduced a phishing at ncse.gov email address where they said hey if you receive something that looks like a phishing email uh forward it onto us and we will then investigate it we'll look into it and everything and that was really popular i think within the first three months they had over a billion emails sent wow. through to them it was a, a very popular thing now obviously i think with with those things it's a small percentage of people that use it excessively and still the majority of people if if i ask my friends like hey have you heard of that and they're like what's that uh no idea but it, it's it's a good feature and a service out for the the general public and now they're taking it one step further clearly inspired by the fish alert button or the pub uh by no before but <laughs> they, clearly clearly <laughs> but they're now um uh adding a button that people can add to um, Outlook on Office 365 or Microsoft 365, so that when you received uh, when you receive an email, rather than having to click forward and put in the NCSE email, you just click, hey, this is suspicious. You click that and boom, it, off it goes to NCSE, which I think is a, a decent move. You know, the easier we can make it for people to report things, uh, the better it's a bit it could be a bit confusing because a lot of the email providers they have their own spam buttons on there as well so Mm -hmm. google and microsoft and everything they're like hey this is a spam email and you can click that and it'll move it into your spam folder so uh but um what, what do you think of this do you think it's it's something that's that's worthwhile uh do you think it's gonna get get used a lot yeah so i got a couple thoughts on this um
1: number one is the spam button is different than reporting phishing. So, spam is different, but users don't always know that. So, I'm sure of this like 112 billion reports or something that you said that they got before, a lot of that was spam, not necessarily phishing. Okay. Um, but I'm going to put this out here. I'm going to frame this in a different way. The government is giving you a piece of software that has access to your email. Please install it. Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'm from America. and uh, <laughs> I just thought about this. This is an interesting angle. Here, we're the government. We're here to help, right? And here's this piece of software that you're going to throw in Outlook and have access to all your emails. Is it nefarious? Probably not. Um, but it did just make me think about how often, you know. How comfortable would we feel if they're like, hey, install this piece of government software on your computer and uh, (laughs) it will occasionally make a a funny noise or something? We'd be like, yeah, no, no, no. My other question on this, though, is when they get all this information, what do they do with it? Do Do they actually action on it? So you've obviously heard of this before. It's something I had never heard of. But do they do anything with it? Do they share this information with, say, the private sector and say, this is what we're seeing? this is essentially iots or things to put into your filters to block these are bad ips etc cetera, etc cetera, or or does it just go into a black hole
0: i think as far as the individual reporting it goes it goes into a black hole i believe they do use the information to take down um, websites or whatever or 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 some whatever it is if if it is in there uh, ability but I don't I don't really use, I've used it a couple of times myself just to test it out uh, I, I've, I've received some phishing emails on my personal things so I've folded on never heard anything back which which I think is is a mistake in a way that you don't obviously you don't want it's, to it's impractical to expect them to respond to everything manually uh, an automatic response doesn't give you much but I think You need to get some feedback loop in there that says, hey, thanks for reporting this, we checked it out and it was a phishing email and we're doing something about it. Or it wasn't a phishing email. Uh, Stop signing up to websites that, you know, you you don't want to receive marketing emails from or whatever. (laughs) Um, So so I think that there is that difference. But um, but overall, I think I think the I mean, I'm not as cynical as you in that I'm not as paranoid of my government as you are. (laughs) um i think it 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 probably all it does is literally just forward the email on again i don't know you could be right weirder things have happened (laughs) what is strange though is not strange i think what what the big gap is is the education and awareness that hey these features exist yeah and 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 i think this is where where it becomes like you know i i I, I don't have the figures, but I would assume majority of these reported incidents are people who already work in IT or are somewhat tax savvy. They might have the features in their workplace, and they're using this for their personal yeah. stuff. Or it could be small businesses, some IT manager saying, Oh, this is the way I can report to the government, do my part." Um, but you know, until we make everyone, we, until we make this a broader issue, so that people are more aware that this feature is out there and we can do something uh, by clicking it. And then they get feedback to say that, hey, this is right or wrong. Then, um, you know, thats I think that's the big challenge.
1: You know, and the feedback part is actually a really good point there. And, you know, you're right. The, the automated ones aren't perfect, okay, but it would be something, right? Hey, thanks for reporting this. By the way, if you'd like to learn more about, go to this link. Right. I think that is a point that would be missing that could be very easily used with that, even if it's not specifically, hey, this this email was a this or that. It's a missed opportunity to respond and say, awesome, thank you for reporting this, because obviously the person is going to care if they're doing this right. They're, they're going to be someone who is actually caring about this. So you send them back something and give them a resource. Hey, this is what we're seeing this week in in scams or something. Or send them to one of those pages. You know, this is how you can identify these things in the future. Use it as a a way to give them some sort of a, a an action that they can do that's helpful. You know, not necessarily the same one every time. Maybe run through a list of five or six auto-generated replies. Um, but I think that could actually be a very useful part of this without having to get into the we reviewed this and yes it is portion
0: wise words I think I think it's one of those broader issues we we, we clearly have our own thoughts and and views on it but it, it's also something that extends far beyond the restricted nature of an organization so yeah. it goes into your your broader like how do you make organize uh, not like societal change and and change these behaviors. But I, I think it's something we need to keep plugging away at and keep keep yeah. doing so that hopefully in 10 years time, there will come a time when people will laugh. They'll look back and say, do you remember that time when people didn't know what a phishing email was or they didn't have yeah. a process to report it or they didn't know how to report it? And now, now look how clever we all are. Well, you know, and and the thing is, our lives are
1: digital now. We do so much online. You know, we... we get mortgages on our homes without ever meeting anybody, right? It's all online. We do our banking online. I haven't talked to a bank teller in five, seven years, you know, um, getting a car loan. I mean, you can buy whole cars over here online, like Carvana. They show up, they drop it off, or they, they send you a little token. You go to the car vending machine and it spits your car out, right? All this stuff happens digitally in the digital world, but what it's done is it's opened so many more threat vectors for people because now it's not just the person that's outside the bank that's waiting to pickpocket you, right? They have to be there for it. They're able to fire off these sorts of attacks from an entirely different continent, um, many of them at a time. And so they become much more prolific. And we as, as humans, and I don't care where you live, I mean, even some of the smaller areas, you know, um, and and less developed countries, if you will, they still fall fall into these traps. You know, um, those that use mobile for everything. We've got to be able to to get used to dealing with this, and people have to get more comfortable with this and more educated because it's just where we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, you know, I still think that it, for all the apps that are out there actually try to do a lot of stuff on on your mobile phone is still really difficult uh especially if you don't have a specific app for it like trying to browse to yeah. something and and what have you it's 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 really quite a pain so uh so that that's another thing that that's why we see a lot of people fall victim to a lot of scams and stuff because they're on their phone and they don't have really any indicators there they can go by that that one thing is in full screen they can't you know whatever yeah so it's, uh, it's one of those things. Anyway, while, while we were talking, and you did talk about crazies on the airplane, and uh, I've got to play this, hold on a second. Of a belligerent passenger causing sheer chaos in the air. And it got so bad that flight attendants had to duct tape the man to his seat. Ever since masks were required on airplanes, flight attendants say that their work has become downright dangerous.
1: Now understand something, I'm a flight attendant. That means I attend the
0: flights. Sometimes our job has us attending to crazy people. If you push us too far, you're gonna have to attend this ass
1: whooping. You see, because on this particular flight, I'm sitting in the jump seat and I'm just looking at him like act a damn fool. He's spitting and cussing and going crazy. I say, that's enough. I got up and I walked over there and by the way, this man smell like a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, uh four shots of Everclear alcohol and regret. So I know something's about to go down. I I love this guy. I love he's a, he's a comedian that's not really the attendant, right? Um he is hilarious. This whole interview is a riot when you listen to this guy. I mean the way he put it together and and Oh, I just love that, and I love it. Smelled like a pack of Marlboro, four shots of Everclear alcohol, and regret. (laughs) I just love that guy. That that is a fantastic one. Folks, we will find and link to the actual full video for that um, in the comments here. If y'all are on the podcast, you want to see the video. It is fantastic, too.
0: So good catch on that one so so it's it's like you coming back from vegas you smelt nothing but felt regret uh, and on that note <laughs> we thank you for joining us uh we will see you again next week uh well at least i will uh maybe eric will be suffering a slow painful agonizing um death in the, in the throes of no he won't i hope not well um, it would make for good viewing figures wouldn't it